The Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. We lost that championship game against Donegal. We didn't lose a game for seven years after that. I tell you, we were angry after that game. Dublin came back, I remember, in 2015. It was, we're putting this right. Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now. You're welcome along to Thursday's football show and I am delighted to say for the first time in 18 months John Giles is back in studio with us. Great to see you John. Thanks Nathan. You're looking well. To be back. You're looking well. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a, it's been a long time. Yeah. Long we've time. Uh, we've had some yeah. tough conversations over the the past 18 months. I know it was a particularly the early months of the pandemic yes. were a, a very difficult time for you and having to isolate and all that and not been able to make the trips back and forth from Ireland not really been able to get so, outside the house but uh, thankfully some signs of normality yes fingers crossed and I, as I said to you in the early days before I got, got the jabs and I was, I was I'm still worried about it but I was I was terrified of it before I got the jabs I was lucky enough I got the jabs fairly early yeah uh, so it, that was a big relief there's no doubt but getting getting back to uh, Dublin is 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 a big surprise because uh, as you say it's 18 months or so since I since I was over in that so it's uh, it's great to be over yeah and you're living over in Birmingham been living in Birmingham for a long time but you still have a lot of family and a huge amount of friends here in Ireland and as I say you were back and forth every couple of weeks and would spend a lot of the year here in Dublin so to not have that outlet I'd say oh, it was, it was, it was difficult. yeah it was very difficult very difficult uh, like I've got a, I've got a daughter here a uh, son here with grandkids and that you know and uh, not being able to get over was it? It's just it was just a different world, di- different way. So it's it's um, it's great now that it's it's loosened up a bit, so it gets get over for for. Are you feeling it. comfortable being out and about now? Not better than I was, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Getting a pint in—that's the main thing. Oh yeah, now and again. Now and again, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, listen, we've had a huge amount of uh, support for you, as I said to you, over the last 18 months. Every time you've been on, lots of people sending in their best wishes and hoping you were keeping well. And uh, you're over now, and the FAI are honouring you. You are in the FAI Hall of Fame for the second time. Yeah. That's a true judge of greatness. Getting in once is good. <laughs> getting in twice. Because a good player and there's a great player. Good players can get into a Hall of Fame once. Great players get in twice. Well, maybe it's who you know, <laughs> as they say. No, it's, it's a great honour. I'm totally un, uh, uh, unexpected, uh, to be honest. But it's, it's always nice to get something like that. Yeah. yeah. This is the centenary of the yes. FAI, yeah. so they've decided to honour both yourself and Paula Gorham yes. as centenary members of the Hall of Fame. And you're going to get a special award before the Portugal game yes. uh, in Dublin in November, which will be brilliant, actually. There should be at least, it may well be a full house at the Aviva Stadium that yeah. night with the way restrictions are going. Yeah. So to get out on the pitch in front of 50,000 Irish supporters would be pretty special. Well, a long time since I did that. <laughs> <laughs> the only time, the last time I was out there, I could run around. Yeah. I won't be expected to run around this no, time. No. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to anyway. You, you might see Cristiano Ronaldo walking past and you can say to him, all, all, all you ever do is score goals. Yeah. <laughs> He'd say, yeah. yeah. What else do you want from me? What only, else do you only want from me? a thousand me? of them, that's all. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we've spoken a lot about Cristiano Ronaldo uh, in recent weeks and talking about his genius lot throughout the European yeah. Championship. And it is the one thing you've always said about Cristiano Ronaldo in the last three, four years, how you're always amazed how he can just float through a game, do absolutely nothing, not let it bother him, yeah. and pop up and score the goals and... God, do we ever see a better example than last night against Ireland? Brilliant headers, as, as we know. But, but he, like, if he, once again, if he hadn't scored the two goals, then you say, well, what was he doing? Like, but, he, but he has this uh, temperament or, or his approach to football. And I, I, I know I've said it before, but I just find it amazing now. Because when I saw him playing early on for Manchester United, I wasn't a big fan of his. I thought, you, you're a bit lazy and you should be working for the team. And I didn't realise what he was uh, until much later. 
because uh, the, like the thing was that you say in the early days, my president, Ronaldo, all he does is score goals, you know, which he did, but he, he scored tons, as we know, hundreds of goals in there. But what's amazing about him, and again, I keep repeating it, uh, Nathan, is to have the mental attitude that he has to that. In other words, when he played yesterday, right, he hardly got a kick at the ball. You could say, well, he didn't play well at all. He, he contributed next to nothing. But then he comes up with the two fantastic headers to win the match. Mm. And not for the first time, on a regular basis. You know, I can only say, when I played football, and a lot of people that are new, uh, if you didn't get a kick at the ball, or very little ball after 15 minutes, you'd say, God, I'd better get into this game. You know, I've seen Ronaldo go 20 minutes, not touch the ball. And it doesn't bother him. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know I've repeated that and said that a few, but that's, that's unbelievable. I never came across that attitude before. Because you would often talk of, say, strikers with unshakable belief, a Jimmy with Greaves, who yeah. always believed he was always going to score. Yeah. But even someone like him needed to be involved in the game, couldn't just wait and wait and wait no, and no. have that patience no, that Ronaldo Jim, has. Jimmy would come deeper and try to get into the yeah. game. And Jimmy was exceptional in, in his day because he was a genius of a finisher. Uh, but he'd be more in the game than, than, than Ronaldo. Mm. Because I, I think Jim thought, well, I better, get, better do something. Whereas Ronaldo thinks, I'm not going to do anything. I don't care. All I'll do is score a couple of great goals. Not all the time, but <laughs> most of the time he does it. Uh, uh, and it's not a, a laziness either in not tracking back. Because if you look at, there was footage last night after the game of his movement for the second goal. And Portugal yes. sort of kept recycling the ball and didn't mm. throw it into the area straight away from no. him. And he must have made 10 separate short little bursts to get away yes. before eventually Seamus Coleman switched off for a split yeah, second yeah. and out of nowhere Ronaldo appears behind yeah. him. And that's in the 96th minute of the game at 36 yeah. to still have that energy, drive, desire and I guess intelligence as well. But, well, the reason he has that, Nathan, because he hasn't run around during the match. Yeah. It does, that doesn't bother him, you know, because he saved that energy. Look, if he ran around and played, like, a, uh, you know, getting back and running here and running there and running there, he wouldn't have the energy in, late on in the game to be able to do it. That's why it doesn't bother him. Mm. Like, he's saying, I'm going to score goals, and this is the best way I score goals. I'm not going to score goals running back and tackling people and doing because he wouldn't have the energy to do it then. So we wait for it. But to have the temperament and the confidence to wait, I've never come across that before, ever. I know you love Messi. Is Ronaldo the best striker you've ever seen? The best goal scorer? Um, well, he would, he would score goals that Messi doesn't score, particularly in the air. Mm. I mean, he's a fantastic header of the ball. Uh, and that's another thing I find extra extraordinary about him. Because, like, in the general play, you couldn't say he's, he's a tough guy. You know, he doesn't get involved in tackles mm. all that much. But when the ball's in the air... He's as brave as anybody I've ever seen in the in football. Yeah, it's 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 amazing the things he has or doesn't have that he makes a, a minus in a lot of things. In my my uh, in my take on it, a minus into a plus. If he'd been running around like that, Nathan, you know, like you'd, you'd say, well, he's so we're a goal now, or I've got to do this. That doesn't doesn't bother him because he has this confidence that if I get chances, I'll do the most important thing in football, that score goals. And, and they were very. The, the, the manager was very good too in the lead up to it. They brought on the Portuguese lad. Was it Moutinho? Yeah, Moutinho on the middle midfield. Right. Yeah. Now, normally in that situation, when it's getting near the end, players panic a bit. I've seen it. They put the big centre half up, centre forward, right. So we got. Oh, we've got to attack them. We've got to attack them. Mm. Whereas the best, the only the best thing to do is to keep your head, keep playing, 
the way you're playing. And he, he did that in the middle of the field. He didn't panic at all. He's an experienced player. But when he got the ball, there was no... They never, never whooped it in the air, did they, into the box? Yeah, even in that last passage of play, there was a time where it came to Moutinho, middle of the pitch, 30 yards out, and you thought, Ronaldo wants it now. Yeah. And he played it, dr sort of drilled it along the ground out to the left-hand side, yeah. just kept it going, yeah. worked it back again. Yeah. It's a very t difficult thing to do in football at that, any level, but particularly at that level. That What would you do if we were winning 2-0? Mm. Right. You do what he did, get on the ball and pass there. Now, a lot of players, when they're, when they're in that position, 1-0 down with a few minutes to go, pull it, woof it up in the middle, and that's easy for defenders. And, and usually the crowd, that's what they want you to do. Do you know what I mean? If you get on the ball and you play, you go, get it in there. Get it. <laughs> I had it myself a few times when I played. Yeah. Get it. But the thing to do is to keep doing it. Patient. Keep doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. And that's where Portugal were very good. We, we were defending desperately at that particular stage, but they weren't hoofing the ball in. I mean, the two goals that, that uh, 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 Ronaldo, scored. Ronaldo scored were from good crosses. Yeah. Like you say, he had time to get away from, from, from Seamus uh, Coleman to get the header in. But if that had been coming from a certain angle where you were get it in there, you, you would never get that position to head it into the goal. So that's the great thing that was really good about the coach and Portugal. And then to have Ronaldo being able to do what he does with the patience that he has. Most players don't. I've never, well, again, I'll go back to on about it. I've never seen a player like uh, Ronaldo, ever. That his attitude, well, all I'll do is score goals and have the patience, not to get a kick the ball for 10 minutes, not to do anything, but come alive, be the real Ronaldo when that ball is going to come in the box or in and around the box to get it in. It's fantastic. Yeah, 111 international goals now, a world record for Cristiano Ronaldo. There was a, a documentary a few years ago where they were looking at his ability as how high he could jump, yeah. and they did it from a standing start, and it wasn't impressive at all, so just standing and jumping. But from yeah. a running start... But he was always on the move. NBA player. That's why he'd have a good idea. He'd say that they were going to cross it from the right. He'd have a good idea. I don't want to get too far in because that's going to be too... I've got to give myself that couple of yards to get the, to get the hit. And he's a genius when it comes to those particular situations. Mm. Absolute genius because he can sniff it out before it happens. And uh, get, getting up there and doing it. And having the, see, but the thing is, he's about six foot three, you know, Ronaldo. I mean, he's a huge, big lad. Yeah. And um, when he gets... Physical then when he get, as well. Then, yeah, oh, exactly. If he gets a run in you, you're not a fiddle. He wants some. He's getting up. The, the, the height he got for the two, to do goals was typical of Ronaldo. Yeah. Very, very few people can do that. Absolutely brilliant. We'll come back to Cristiano Ronaldo and the Manchester United, the Cristiano Ronaldo are going to get and how he's going to fit in there. Looking at the match then from an Irish point of view last night, you mentioned Ireland were defending desperately in those closing minutes. Mm. But for... 85 minutes of the game it didn't seem like they were defending desperately while Portugal had a lot of the ball it did seem as though Ireland had a bit of a game plan that when they won it back they knew what they were going to do which isn't something we've always seen from them particularly in the last year under Stephen Kenny but even going back to the four or five years before that yeah it, well it, it, yeah there, there was a lot to admire about the play and a lot better than we played in the past but actually it, when, when you get in a situation you're winning like that and I said the Portugal didn't lose their heads mm. right but the Irish lads in, in certain ways did because the best, the only way you can defend those particular situations is to get the ball yourself, and that's usually the midfield players. Get it, play it simple here, play it. They take the heat out of it all the time. We nobody to do that. It, it was a bit like we've got to defend. We're going to get back there. Now we run the pressure, and that's what the difference. Like what I'm saying about Portugal and, and, and Martinho, the lad that came on, like he was brilliant. Nobody would take any notes because he only got it and he gave it and he gave and he gave. That was patience because most people panic and say, get it in there. Right. But when that was happening, 
to us. We needed somebody badly to, to do Montino. Do we us. have that player? Because like Jean Moutinho's 34-35, he's played nearly 140 times for mm. Portugal. He's been one of the best European midfielders terrific, terrific of the last player. 10 years. Yeah. Ireland to Josh Cullen, I think, making his 10th appearance. Yeah, I know. Playing at Andy. Like, is, there, is there someone in there that could have actually done that? Well, well, there is, but they have to have the mentality and, right. and, the, and the, the, uh, the confidence to do it. It's, it's difficult because when you get near the end of the game, you, you see it happens most of the time. You get further and further back. Mm. You can't get out. You know what I mean? And especially with Portugal because they weren't lo- lobbing it in there. You know they were doing. So we needed somebody to get. And it's a very difficult thing to do. I, I, I don't think we had the player on the pitch to be able to do it. What I'm saying is that's what we needed. We didn't have it. Right. But which is it's a difficult job to do when when you're up against it, and the team is pl- the other team is playing well. But it can be done. You know, and, you, and you can make it really work for it. You can with the right players if they're, they're throwing everything on at that particular way. You get on the middle of the field and bang, 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 you can get through. But it has, we, we, we didn't have that type of player. But to be fair to the midfield players that we had, they did give everything mm. that they had. But, but when, you, when you're losing the ball as, as easily as, as we did, like the big lad up front, he was on his own. It was very difficult for him to hold it up. Yeah. No? As they got deeper and deeper, and we got deeper and deeper. You know that, that that was difficult. But if you don't do that, and you have, and particularly when you have a Ronaldo playing against you, they're going to take advantage of it. So the best thing you can do is try and get a hold of the ball. There's only one ball on the pitch, and if you can get that and give it here, give it there, play it out to left wing, do the, and just that's the best way of running down the clock rather than sitting back because you get that far back, you can't get out, and that's what happened to us. Is there anything Stephen Kenny could have done? to prevent that happening in the last five minutes? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, it's, it, it, it happens to an awful lot of teams, uh, Nathan. That we're near the end. We'll hang on. You know, and the best way to hang on is to get the ball. But I don't think we had anybody in the middle of the field to have the experience to say, give, mm. give it to me, or to, or, to, or to do the job that needed to be done. But there was a lot of good, there was a lot of good stuff came out of the match for Ireland. In relation to previous matches, there was more. There was more about bowlers in many ways. I mean, uh, Coleman and, and Doherty, I thought, were absolutely outstanding, and, and, and a lot of the defenders. We were better in midfield. We're a bit short up front. Ida is it Ida. Adam Ida, yeah. It's, 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 he's a young lad, and he's just gone twenty, not playing first team football. Yeah, it's, it's like what he needed or what we needed, and there was a few times when it was played up to him, just to hold it, just to hold it, bring the midfield players and get out of that. Situation that you're all in your, in, the, in your own penalty box, but that's not easy to do either. You know what I mean? You need a, a top-class player up there with two or three defenders to hold it to give the midfield players a chance to get up and get out of the box. And overall, they, they, they did well. A lot of what you're talking about there seems to be experience, because like, again, we're all talking about young players, players with ten or less caps. Mm. So do you look at that as a performance that gives you confidence for the future, but that? If we're in, here in a year's time, eighteen months' time, having the same conversation, we've got a problem. But actually, Adamida in eighteen months' time should have matured enough, and should, we need to have matured yeah, enough to actually yeah. be able to do that. Well, there was promise there. Yeah, you know, I think there was more promise from the match yesterday than we've seen in previous matches, uh, because we played better and only lost in the last. And hopefully, you know, you learn from that, and players learn from that. Uh, Ida might help for have known how important because when when it's played up to him, uh, uh, Nathan, sometimes it doesn't look that important. But it's hugely important because if he can hold it and make space, then the midfield players can get up behind him. Give, and but if he's not, if he's doing it, which he's losing it most of the time, the midfield players don't even have a chance to get out. Now it's coming back at you again. 
what he learned. I mean, and, and I think he has. I well, was he better at that in, say, the first half, the first 60 minutes before Portugal really? Well, we, 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 were we were generally. Mm. You know, when, we, when, it was, when it was no score, for example, when it's not. See, it's a funny thing in football, it's all psychological. When, when, you're, when you're playing like that and there's no score, you're not losing anything. Yeah. Right. When you're one in front with a few minutes to go, then the mind goes. Now we've something to lose, and you get you get tied up, and you sit back further than you, 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 you want to. You yeah. want to. Do you know what I mean? Like if we'd been losing two one, for example, or one nil, you would have seen a lot more attacking, and they would have had the mentality: we better hold on to this. It's it's all saying. So that's why I mentioned Martinho. He's an experienced player, right? He, 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 he was able to handle the situation as it was. He's not going to panic. Mm. He's going to keep playing, he's going to keep playing, he's going to keep playing, doing the right things. Because the right thing is the right thing, no matter what the score is. But, but with players, it's psychologically, if you're a goal in front, you're going to sit back because you, you have something to lose. You know, if you're if a goal down, now you're throwing everything. And that's where that's you're it. looking for that one player yeah. who can come in and sort of yeah. grab the game yeah, by the yeah, scruff of the neck uh, and yeah. say, this is what yes. we're going to do and just settle it. Regardless everything. of the score. Mm. But it's not, it's, you don't get many of those players around. No, no, and Ireland certainly don't seem to have them just yet. You, you did mention Seamus Coleman and Matt Doherty. Uh, yeah. Doherty probably had his best game in an Ireland jersey. Yeah. Coleman as good as we've seen him as well. And Kenny did seem to come up with a system that played to Ireland's strength. So suddenly Ireland's two best players were also the players who were seeing the most of the ball, who were able to be the most influential players yeah. from an Irish point of view in the game, which I guess is exactly what you want. You don't want them being peripheral figures as they often are. Um, well, well Doherty's very good on the ball, but a couple of times with, with early on, he didn't actually play at fullback. You know what I mean? If you go back in, in time, he, he played for the... Yeah. He was a, Head of the ball a lot, like he wasn't like the other day. He was a real fullback and breaking at the right time, and Seamus was as well. Mm. I mean, I think when he got into early on, uh, Doherty was was more forward. You know, and he couldn't get on the ball, and he was because that was he, he was expected to do that. But it, it's it's all experience for him and for the manager. It, it takes a bit of time to right. That was the right one. That was right. No, uh, I, I think people would get uh, a bit impatient. Because it usually takes six to seven to eight matches before you get that. You know, in, in Stephen's case, it went to what eleven or twelve well, matches. We're Fourteen matches in, yeah. and one victory. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's so. It's never too late, mm. anyway, because the, the team was better uh, the other day. But it does take time when you come into a new squad, and I, I think I said from the start, it needs about eight matches. And, but after the eight matches, we still weren't doing this, so people get impatient. But, but I think that people will be more, more patient now, having shown a bit of promise to improve for the next match. Obviously, we've got to do the same again, or do better for the next match. Yeah, and maybe eight matches is 14 matches because of all the COVID issues they had and the amount of players that were missing when all the games oh, yeah, were this, taking this, place last yes, year. They just couldn't yeah. get into any sort of flow. Mm. Uh, one other Irish player to talk about, um, Aaron Connolly, who got himself into position again and again and again but couldn't take the chances I'm sort of split in that it's not an automatic thing that players get into the positions that Aaron Connolly does so he clearly has enough about him that he can read the game well enough that he finds space but lacks that clinical cutting edge yeah C can he learn that yeah yeah he's, he's, don't forget, he's not playing first team football no for a start. He's, not in, he's not in the Brighton team no, no that's a handicap because obviously week in, week out, that's how you improve as a player because you, you, you get the, the, the pace of the game and all the various things. Uh, so it, it's, it's very seldom you get a player who's playing mostly in the reserves 
that comes in at an international level and plays better than he, than he would have done. Because you have to play week in and week out, get used to the pace within that. I, I, I'd still, I think he shows a lot of promise and I'd, I'd live with him. Right. I'd live with you him. You think the rest of the danger he poses means you just take, that he's not going he's not going to take advantage of all his opportunities? Well, well, he, he, he should get better the more matches he plays, Nathan. The more international matches he plays, he should get better if, if he's going to be the real deal. Yeah. Right? Like, we'll know after if he's playing another five or six matches and you say, well, you're not getting any better. Sometimes that's get worse. But I, 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 I'd seen him play before and, and he showed a lot of promise with making the runs that he should be making and all the various things. But he, but he hasn't been playing it uh, at first-team level and he, and, and he needs to get that into his game. So I, I presume you have seen players throughout your career in those sort of scenarios where they start slowly, where the goals just aren't happening for them. Is it just a case of matches, matches, matches? Yes, and getting a goal or two. Yeah. See, strikers, uh, I think, depend on uh, their, their, their abilities and the, 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 what they believe in themselves more than any other players. They Finish, need that bit of finishing yeah. is, the, is, is usually the hardest part in, part in football. You know, centre-halves can do certain things and they, they can improve. But goal scorers either score goals or they don't score goals. And are totally judged on that regardless mm. of everything else. Uh, you've obviously been in England for the entire Stephen Kenny reign so far. And I know the English media don't pay too much of attention to what's going on in Ireland. But you've been trying to track it as much as possible. There has been a huge divide, uh, particularly in the media in Ireland, around Stephen Kenny as to whether or not the result against Luxembourg, for example, was so calamitous that there's no way back and that he doesn't have the experience to go on and lead Ireland for, say, another campaign into the European Championship where it'll be m more reasonable to expect qualification. Other people feel that they've seen enough in yeah. last night's performance, the Serbia game for an hour, the Slovakia yeah. playoff that went to penalties, that actually it's a very young, inexperienced team and slowly but surely he's getting his feet under the table. Like, Did you see enough last night to suggest actually the FAI need to make a commitment. In fact, I think we've got a clip of Eamon Dunphy. Uh, we don't have a clip of Eamon Dunphy, do we have? Eamon was on, uh, Eamon was on this morning, actually, on OTBM. I played here what he was saying about whether or not uh, Stephen Kenny should stay on. Very, very disappointed. After last night, it was the most heartbreaking defeat I think I've ever seen uh, in any sport. But uh, they were brilliant, Ireland, and very bad refereeing. He played two minutes extra. Uh, in the first half, at the end of the half, and he played over the five minutes allotted uh, in overtime, and that's when the goal damage was done. Uh, it was really bad. Um, we used to, you know, struggling away from home with referees, but this was particularly bad. And they had Ronaldo's shirt ready uh, from uh, whether it was UEFA or the Portuguese FA. Um, and it turned into, you know, a celebration of, of Ronaldo and no one would want to celebrate more than me, his fantastic achievement, but it wasn't done the right way. They really did play over. Uh, and when you're under siege like that, every second counts. So I felt it was very unfair. However, it happened and there were, there was a lot of very positive stuff to take out of last night's game for Stephen Kenny and those young players um, I just don't know when the bad luck is going to stop for him he's still got it Eamon 
yeah, very good. Uh, we can uh, on to the referee in a moment, yeah. which he was talking about, but he but, did also say that he felt that the FAI should go, I think, and make that commitment. And yeah, at the end of this one, the game, say that Stephen Kelly has yeah, the next two what years. What you said earlier, on, it's, it's reasonable. Nothing in, ha- in football is reasonable. Do you know what I mean? You go from star mm. to bum in, in two matches. Uh, in, in Stephen's case, he needs that time. And what, what he showed yesterday was an improvement on the other matches. So therefore, you have to back him as much as you can and hope and hope in time that it gets even better. No, nobody's sure. We're not sure. There's been loads of managers, uh, Nathan, who, uh, who start badly and, and, and finish up okay. I mean, I had my own experience when I went to West Brom. I didn't start very well at all. Uh, Did you doubt yourself when things didn't go well? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far on it because it, it was it was new. That there was a few players that were better than I thought they were, and there was a few players worse than I expected them to be, having played against him. So it took a bit of time to find out. Well, no, he's not good. But and then getting got a couple of players in. I got Mick Martin, Irish lads that I knew. Paddy Mulligan did a really good job, and and it changed it around. But it took a bit of time. To do it, I didn't. Do, I didn't do it straight away, and I'm only going on my experience. That, a lot of experience of managers, that's what happens. And the thing that football is such an emo- emotional game, if you call it, that you become a hero and a villain in the space of four or five weeks. That's what happens. And in Stephen's case, it went a bit longer than that. But what, what we can go on is the last match. There was a, there was encouragement from the way the team played. Now, what we hope for is that go, that improves even more and more till he gets to the stage where yeah he's, he's, he's broken the, 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 there's something really there and I do remember having a conversation with you this time last year where again the results hadn't really started the way Stephen Kenny would have wanted and you were looking at the 11 and I know you were trying to choose your words carefully in terms of the players because they've all incre- achieved incredible things to get to play for their country mm-hmm. but that the talent base available was probably less than any Ireland manager has had yeah, in the I, last yes. 50 years yeah. so you're going from that base to going up and going to Portugal exactly. and actually getting very close yeah. to a win yeah you, you, you just, like when any manager takes over you have you have a you assume this is good and that, but you don't know till you try it you know, and that I think that's what happened with Stephen mm. as well I mean don't forget when he first came in he left uh, James Coleman out of the team and changed it around from and I think that was a mistake and Seamus is back in the team now. You know what I mean? You, you make mistakes when you're doing it for time because you don't know till you try something. You know, that's why you need the games. So I thought that was, but it's not. It's no good. You try it again. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, in, in Stephen's case, I wouldn't necessarily say, right, we're going to give him a three-year contract. Yeah. But I'd let it go another six, seven, eight matches. And at that stage, we really will know and he'll really know where, exactly where we're going. The referee last night sparked a lot of debate. We have a message in from Tony in Loud. Lads, you're still going on about the off-the-ball incident with Ronaldo and Darrow Shea, but either you're not seeing it properly or you don't want to see it. It was a harmless, open-handed slap to the shoulder. And what you should be talking about is the fact that the Irish player attempted to make it look like an assault to the head and get the player sent off, which quite rightly the referee ignored. I'm sure John Giles will have the same view as he was always an honest man, <laughs> says Tony in Loud. What did you make of that Ronaldo incident? Well, I, I think there's a couple of incidents mixed up mm. I think when uh, 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 Ronaldo did throw a punch, I think he did hit him behind the back of the ear which was a real punch but but I, it, it wasn't good but the Irish player who was was, was Darroshay actually the ball was there right and he kicked it away mm. now there's nothing, nothing more annoying in football 
Right, when somebody is, is, is doing that, you know, say a free kick, they know it's a free kick or a throw in, and they won't give you the ball, that type of thing. Like, wh why, why did they kick the ball away? Well, the reason they kicked the ball away was to get that reaction, which might result in well, <laughs> Ronaldo I, I, getting sent off. I would doubt that. I you don't think it was just to annoy him? Yes. Wind him up a bit? Yes. And, and Ronaldo shouldn't have done what he did. Mm. But, but he, Should he have been sent off for it? No, I don't think so. I mean, don't we get players... I mean, where did he hit him? It, it, like all players now, they get a brush past them, they're down on the ground. It happens all the time. And Ronaldo did hit him all right, but, but did he catch him with a full punch? And the, wasn't Giles and Keegan, was it? <laughs> no, well, that's, that, was the, that was the days gone by where I should have gone, there's no yeah. doubt about that, but that was a proper punch. I mean, that was, that was a, a real punch. Yeah, as you told him, you got him right in the jaw. <laughs> but but uh, in, in, like the football is very emotional game mm. like especially for our side like like our side could do certain things and you say well he did, you know it wasn't that and in the opposition it's that's the way it is i thought the referee wasn't good i thought if the, if, if he was f favored on any team it was definitely them a, a lot of people have made I, I think it's harsh on the referee in that he smiled when he gave the yellow card at the end yeah. to cristiano ronaldo and said sorry mm. uh, which isn't sometimes referee just have relationships with players but cristiano ronaldo's maybe the biggest star in world football. Do you think a referee can be overawed by the player almost? Well, I think, I think you, you go in those situations on the history of the player as well. I mean, Ronaldo has been very, very good. I, I, he's very seldom been in, 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 in a situation where you'd say, what a horrible, what a horrible tackle that was. Or what a, he's been on the, on the end of it most of the time. Mm. And uh, I think he was wrong to, and there's always wrong to raise your hand uh, to, to the player. But uh, when you're watching a football match and you want your, your team to win, Nathan, you know, we, we all become <laughs> one-sided. There's, no, there's no doubt about that. But I thought if the, the referee yesterday was favoured anybody, it, uh, it was definitely the home side. Yeah. It wasn't quite like the referees in the 70s then that you went up against sometimes. No. But it was a bit more going on. Yeah. Well, and, but it was different in my day now. I mean, you could commit, commit grievous bodily harm in my day and you wouldn't get a yellow card. That's the way, that, that was the, 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 the time that was in it. Yeah. Uh, and well, that, wasn't, that, that wasn't right either, you know. Which was worse, the European Cup final or the Cup Winners' Cup final? Um, probably the European Cup. Probably the European Cup. Um, there was, there, was, there was one incident where we, got, we scored a goal, I think uh, uh, Peter Longmore scored, and they were looking at it time after time after time to find out, which is always about saying, what? what actually happened. <laughs> Couldn't find anything. Yeah, I've seen it. Was it given, did they claim it was given for offside? or? don't know. Somebody was standing in front of the keeper? Yeah, well, you could make anything up, because yeah. you, you look and say, well, what, what actually happened? But there was not, nothing, uh, <coughs> nothing confirmed in it. I guess it, it, it sticks even more when it's probably the biggest game you ever played in and it's your last ever game for Leeds well I didn't know it was my last game for Leeds uh, at, at that, that particular time until, until Jimmy until Jimmy Armfield got rid of me but uh, <laughs> that's another day's work but uh, no obviously I, I knew I was on my way out but you obviously want to win the, the, the Champions League yeah Champions League it was uh, um, you know it, 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 it would have been great to win it there's no doubt about that but I, 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 still, I still think I would have gone anyway did you get down after a defeat like that like for two or three days when you get back home would you be don't talk to me I don't want to talk to anyone or were you uh, at that stage yeah, well I was in a peculiar experience? stage at that time because right. I, I knew I had to go okay 
and it, it would have been great to, 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 as a last match to win it. Uh, but uh, but I was more concerned about right. What have we got? What's going to happen now? But but I think when you're professional football, my take on professional football, yeah, you have to take the good with the bad. You can't get too high. You can't get too low because it's always the next match. Yeah. And if you get too low, you're not going to be prepared for the next match. You know, you, you get some bad defeats, really bad defeats. I remember playing with West Brom, going to Ipswich when they had a very good team, beating 7-0. Right? And we didn't play badly. They played exceptionally well. So there's no good coming in after defeat and say to the lads, now what the hell were you bloody doing, you useless lot and all that Because right yeah. next, the next Wednesday or Tuesday, we were playing Aston Villa in a derby match. So the players don't become bad players overnight and they don't become good players overnight so you have to take it in a certain way you're not happy about it you know what I mean you're never happy if you're, if you're beaten but you've got to say well that's that's football you, know, you, you, you win don't get too high you lose don't get too low and what you have to do then is it's a bad feeling you have to learn from it right well, hopefully that won't happen again we do that we do that and that because we had as a team we had a lot of disappointments we had a lot of runners up in it but we came back came back came back and in the end, actually, Leeds, uh, with Bill Shankly and Revy, Don Revy, won the same amount of trophies. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But nobody said uh, Liverpool were runners-up team. Because if you don't get to the final, yeah, you, know, you can't lose it. You're going to be runners-up. Hey, you're talking to a Mayo man. You don't need to tell me about <laughs> getting the finals, John. Uh, that attitude probably sums up a question I was going to ask about how the team get themselves back up for Azerbaijan on Saturday after the disappointment of the late goals. Hmm. From Stephen Kenny's point of view, he played with the three at the back last night. Ireland should be superior to Azerbaijan at home. Does he should he now stick with that formation? The wing backs with Coleman and Doherty are actually yeah, is it horses yeah. for horses and change things around yeah. to go a bit more attacking? Well, you know, it doesn't because you, you change it round, Aidan, doesn't mean you're going to be more attacking. But you have to go on what's been proven. Like when any manager comes into it, into a new team, you don't know. You pick him and you pick him and you pick him, and that's what you think. But you don't know till you see it. Yeah. Now the team played well the other night, right? So what changes in in in, in Stephen's head? Okay, you can say, well, we we'll go with the same lads again, and do the same thing again, because really, uh, the, the, what you have to do as a manager coming in like Stephen is, is to get to your best team as soon as you can, as soon as you can. And I always said with Stephen, he's going to need at least six to eight matches to be able to do that, right? So what 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 you do, in my opinion, is you keep the same team and work. On a few things that didn't go right, but there's a good base there, I think, because the team actually played well. And it was only what four or five minutes to go mm. that that it, it was lost with a special player, right? So there was a lot of pr uh, good stuff in it. Now, what he's got to do, keep the good stuff and get rid of a few things that he saw that wasn't so good. That's that's generally what you try to do. But then, then the next match you see can be different again. Yeah. Uh, it tends to be with this Republic of Ireland side as well. Uh, I do want to talk about Ronaldo going to Manchester United because a lot has gone on in the Premier League over the last week. We'll take a quick break, but just to let you know, Northern Ireland have beaten Lithuania 4-1 in their World Cup qualifier. They needed that win. And England have beaten Hungary by four goals to nil in the last couple of minutes. Uh, Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane, Harry Maguire and Declan Rice with the goals for England in Budapest. John Giles live in studio. Get your texts in, 53106. You're very welcome back. It's Thursday's football show, special show, because John Giles is back live in studio with us tonight. 53 
103106 the text number at off the ball if you want to get in touch on Twitter uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has been dominating the headlines this week breaking our hearts last night and maybe breaking some Manchester City hearts last Friday because this night last week you were on John talking about Ronaldo right. going to Manchester City and the impact he would have there yeah. and <laughs> Well, 24 hours a hell of a long time in football. Yeah, Word good. got out. It was good timing, yeah. yeah. All news after. Yeah. We deleted after. it all, so nobody knows. It, it, it's, it's gone forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems Alex Ferguson worked his magic. All the old crew made the calls and Cristiano Ronaldo decided to go to Manchester United. Like We've just spoken about his absolute genius. Is this a complete no-brainer that Cristiano Ronaldo adds to Manchester United? I think he will add to Manchester United. And funny enough, I think he would have added more to City. Right. Why? I think the way City play and make the chances that they do, they needed an out-and-out striker, exactly what he does. Like what I was talking about early on, you don't see him. Next thing you know, he scored, he scored two goals. And I think he'd be made for Manchester City in doing that. Now, I think he'd do well at, at United, but it, they, they won't be making as many chances, I don't think, as City could with him in the way he played and always played. He'd be there, like you know, where they're playing it here, and you've got the brain in and playing round and round. He'd be in the right position on it to score, and that's all they'd expect him to do. You know what I mean? At Manchester United, you might expect him to run around a bit more. You're, you're, you know, you're not doing much because I don't think City, uh, United have it as good a players at the moment as City and the way in which City play. So, but it was a much ado about nothing. Uh, I mean, they, they, you say, well, you know, you. Ferdinand saying, "Well, you've got to come back," and Ferguson saying, "You're going to come back." Uh, no, I think in Ferguson's position, look, if you know him and, and really do what's best for you. You know, in fact, no, we got Ferguson sold him mm. at one stage. So, like coming back to Manchester United, I mean, it, that, if it's best for him, you're, you're not buying into the romance of it. No, no, no. I think he, I think he, he, he feels that it's best for him. I think the club. Actually, I think there's a financial situation there because he's got the number seven back on mm. the jersey. They're going to sell 100,000 jerseys, right? So that probably make up for whatever transfer fee there is or whatever they're paying him. So I think there'll be a lot to say in that particular from the club's point of view, not the manager's point of view. Well, it shows as well after the European Super League debacle that the Glazers, it's, they've given the fans exactly what they want. What, as you were talking about last week, like the Manchester United supporters talking about their Ronaldo going to Manchester City did not sit well at all, whereas now they see he's back home yeah. and there's a feel-good factor around United that really wasn't there at the end of oh, last no, they, season. They, they've done their job in, in mm. that respect. I think they, 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 they bought a couple of players, spent quite a bit of money, Nathan and Varane, Sancho. Sancho, you know, they're two big players. And they've got a lot, a lot of good players, uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but I, I, I think in, 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 in football, whether it be an ex-player or a Brodden player, I, I think the, the best thing to do, look, do what's best for you. You know, like Manchester United is Manchester United. I mean, Ferguson doesn't work for Manchester United anymore. But it, it's about the club. Yeah. You know, I, I think the thing is for the lad himself. He felt it was the best thing to do. Uh, the uh, All the comment I've heard so far is that Ronaldo's going to be a positive force in that dressing room, that most of the players, because he's 36 now, a lot of those players grew up worshipping Cristiano Ronaldo and that his professionalism, mm. the way that he conducts himself professionally, uh, the, you know, the physique that he keeps himself in, that that will only inspire all those around him. Do you see any issue, the ego of Ronaldo going into a dressing room with a Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood? 
Well, I, I think they, I think they could be the problems, not him. You know, I think he's always been. I've never heard a, a player, an ex-Manchester United player, talk badly about him. Mm. He always said he was a great pro. He was, you know, and that, that's the main thing. Now, uh, you know, you, you go into another dressing room, which is a different time now, different people, right? So some players are not impressed by anybody, to be honest, you know? He'll do his stuff, and he'll be a good example to them all. But it doesn't mean they're, they're going to say, right, we're going to change dramatically because he's here. He'll do his own stuff, and that's all he can do. Like, you can never have too many good players, I guess, but you watched Portugal last night, and like Bruno Fernandes, we've seen a bit of this from Bruno Fernandes over the last six months like wasn't involved in the game attitude seemed to be all over the place was moaning at the referee from fairly early in the game like again, Portugal again again and yeah. Portugal have struggled to get Fernandes and Ronaldo to play well together in the same team like Mason Greenwood has scored in every ga- game so far this season playing looked as though he was going to make that central role his own now he's going to be stuck out in the wing once again like, it's going to mean a few different changes for the way Manchester United play well I think the way Fernandez plays. He's not a midfield player. He plays in front of the midfield, and he does it extremely well. Mm. But I, 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 I mean, we couldn't show it from last night. But the way Ronaldo is playing now, he comes a lot deeper than he used to, and then gets in the box. That's what Fernandez does. So there are so basically going to be the same coincidence that in the Euros, uh, Fernandez didn't didn't get in the team. Mm. I think he was left out of the team. Because I think in the way that the bo- both of them are playing now, uh, they're not helping each other. They're in each other's way. If uh, that's a bit cruel, it wouldn't be. Any, but that, that's where that, the position where Fernandez plays. He's not a midfield player, Nathan. Nathan. He's, he's a very, very good player, but he is in front of the. Midfield. In other words, he just plays just behind the strikers, a fair bit behind the strikers, gets on the ball, he passes the ball well, but he's not a midfield player. But Ronaldo, I saw a thing in the paper actually, and I don't go on stats, as he's got older, he's playing out of the box more and then, get, then getting in. Now, if he does that, he's going to be beside Fernandez. Mm. So they're just stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. So he's taken off again last night, Fernandez. Yeah. Right? And he said he wasn't happy about that, and I don't blame him for that. But that's the way I, I would read it, that they're, they're not going to complement each other. Too. And Ronaldo now is going to United. We'll have to wait and see. Now, are, are they going to change? Is he going to play deeper? Is Ronaldo going to... I think Ronaldo will do what he wants to do. Uh, Varane looked really good last weekend for Manchester United. Uh, Sancho maybe didn't make much of an impact so far, but you know, two really strong signings. The only question mark about United again, and still seems to be in the middle of midfield, that they either couldn't get or they couldn't identify that player that they would make a big investment in in the middle of midfield. Is that such a big problem that you think it might cost them going close for the title? Well, it, it could it, it, it could do, Nathan. It, you see, again, it, it, you have to go back to the, prob, the Pogba situation. Mm. What's Pogba going to do? You know, is he going to be the player that he should be? Uh, because I, I have my doubts about him, because what's happening at the moment, he's refused to sign a new contract. Yeah. And he knows, come Christmas, he's a free... He's, he, can, he, makes, sorry, he can make his contract with a new club anyway and then play out the few now if that happens that's bad news for Manchester United I think he's playing when now because it's before the deal and the better he plays now more clubs are going to be involved with him he does a deal I think if he does that at Christmas he'll stop playing Mm. for Manchester United because he's going to say well what am I doing this for I could get injured here 
And you don't think the form is related to an increase in the quality of players alongside him and that he's a bit more comfortable now in that role at Manchester United? No. No, I don't at all, Nathan. Obviously, the better the players you're playing with, you're going to be a better player. Yeah. But if you look at uh, uh, Pogba, when he hasn't played well, right, it's not because of the players around him, because he, he doesn't care. Mm. He doesn't care enough. You know? And I've seen him, and he's strolling around here, strolling around there, as if like the game itself for Manchester United is, is, is not for him. I'll make the best of it for myself, but it's not for him. That's the way I see Pogba. He's a very talented lad, and he does certain things. And he does, but he's not. I mean, if you talk about a team player and a team player influences a uh, team, you'd have to talk about Roy Keane, right? Week in, week out, week in, week out, getting on, getting on to players, giving his heart and soul for the, for the club, and he wouldn't be as gifted as. Uh, uh, Pogba mm. but better influence I don't see Pogba doing that unless it's about him unless, unless it's in his favour I don't see him playing for the team There's so much going on in the past week we could be here for another hour uh, One player I wanted to talk to you about having watched him again last week and the fact I think he was voted UEFA's midfielder of the season Jorginho in that Chelsea side yeah. We spent so much time talking about the brilliance of N'Golo Kante Yes Jorginho was sort of written off after the first couple of seasons. I often think maybe because you know he moved because of him, Kante was moved out of his favourite position. But that was one thing. But then they played together, mm. and he and he still wasn't doing it. Jorginho. What's changed? Is he doing it manager. now? The manager. Simple as that. Yes. And has he is he at a level now where you look at him and think here is a a top quality midfielder? Well, we saw that. He saw that in the summer, mm. and when he's played for Chelsea, he's a different player altogether. Like last year, before uh, Tuchel came in, uh, he was okay. He'd pass it here and he'd pass it there and he'd pass it. Now Maybe. there's a bit of life about him. There's a bit of gold he's getting into tackles. I think that's definitely Tuchel saying, listen, this is not good enough. You've got to book up. And he was very good in the, in, in the Euros, yeah. as, as we know. He was a different player completely to the player that was giving it and, and easy ozy, easy ozy without making an impact. At Chelsea, that, that that was my criticism. I mean, definitely wasn't doing it. Now he's getting into tackles. He's doing it. He's putting his life and soul, life and soul into, into, into the game. But that's that's Tuchel. I think Tuchel is, is is a top class coach. I think he's improved everybody, and he demands it. Even if lads are doing their stuff, you know, like he got he got uh, uh, Conte back into the team. Mm. Conte does that. He gives everything in every match. Like that entire midfield now, even Mason Mount as well, who oh, yeah. was sort of seen as the teacher's pet, yeah. Frank Lampard's boy. Like his performance in the opening weeks he, of the season again. He's made a big change to mm. it. I think have they just signed another. He's looking. Yeah, Sol Niguez from Atletico Madrid. You no, know, like this fellow, I think he knows his stuff too, and I think he's a he's a he's a tough nut. You know, I mean, there was a lad there a few a few months back. He put he put him on as a sub, and took him off before halftime. He only he was only there for about fifteen minutes because he wasn't doing as he was. As we expected and yeah. told told to do, and I think that's what he's like. I don't think he's any pally wally stuff with the players or anything like that. I think he's a tough nut. Won't say can't have any any nonsense. They did they did really well against Liverpool, to defending the way they did with the with down to ten men. I think he's got them at a stage where they're really going. I think he's made a huge difference to them. Good spirit among them as well as you oh, can yeah. sort of see and, from and, that. And, that and especially Jorginho. I think he would have got him to one side and said, "Listen, what you're doing is not good enough." Yeah. Now, you either get stuck in and get going or you're on your way out. 
Uh, John, we're pretty much out of time. Um, it's been great to have you back in the studio. Uh, congratulations again on the Hall of Fame. I've no doubt um, it'll be a packed house at the Viva, hopefully in November. Uh, everyone there. Some to see Cristiano Ronaldo, but all of them, John, I was just say, there to think see I'll be, you. Do you think I'll detract them that much? Well, I've heard, Ronaldo, I've, heard Ronaldo, I've heard Ronaldo wants to make sure he times his walk out onto the pitch at the same time as you, so he'll feel the full adulation of the 50,000 people. Yeah, well, all he, the applause will be for you, but he'll be claiming the credit. He's got to see me about that. <laughs> uh, John, hopefully you're back in studio again over the next few Thanks, weeks but, uh, great to see you Thank we'll you. take a very quick break